together and uh, let him minister the word of God to us. Come, let's pray. Father, we are so thankful to you for calling people from all walks of life and then we meet, our lives meet and we have that instant connection because we are children before Almighty God. And I pray for my brother Andrew, Lord, that as he speaks from his heart, it will be a heart anointed uh, by you. It will be words apt for the season. It will touch our hearts. Lord, I pray too for each one of us, Lord. We join our hearts in praying that today we want to receive from you, Lord, a word in season for us to be instructed, to be encouraged, to be challenged, to serve you, to walk closer to you all the days of our lives. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Kokfai. And um, well, it's a great pleasure to see many of, many of you here this morning. This is the first time I'm here on this part of Singapore. I've been in Villa many years, but uh, never to this part of, of this uh, western part of Singapore. This is southwestern, southwestern, right? Southwest, that's right. And um, I will be there on the 28th of September for a young adult evangelistic meeting because it's free food for visitors. So I will present myself there and say, I'm a visitor. I like that. Anyway, uh, I bring you greetings in the name of the Lord. And uh, this morning, if you have a Bible with you, uh, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. I've been asked to share a message on a, uh, a chosen and a, and a separated people. I've entitled my message, Call Set Apart. Um, and... Um, in the book of Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, it says, For you are a people, holy to the Lord your God. Everyone says, Amen. amen. Come on, let's say Amen to that. Amen. And the Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be His people, His treasured possession. Can I hear a bigger Amen? amen. Alright, and this morning I want to just share with you from my heart I believe the Lord has dropped something in my heart for some of you here. In fact, for all of us here, I trust that uh, you will be open to what the Holy Spirit has to speak to you. And that um, one of the things the Lord placed in my heart for you this morning is this, that uh, the Lord says that He is a jealous God. He loves you, but He's also a jealous God. In other words, He's jealous for your affection. He's jealous for your attention. Everything that you do, the Lord watches and he's jealous for you for a very simple reason because you belong to him. You belong to him. Now this passage in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you go to go back to read the book of Deuteronomy, it's a very interesting book because it kind of reminds me of how much God uh, come to a place where he reminds us of the thing that he has spoken to us before. So the book of Deuteronomy actually reminds us of the many things that God has spoken to the nation of Israel. See, Israel was a nation that God has chosen for Himself. Alright? God delivered them from the land of slavery in Egypt for 430 years. There was the length of time when Israel was in Egypt to the time when every tribe left the land of Egypt. 430 years. And in that many years itself, Israel was under slavery. Alright? But God came through Moses and He delivered them from the power of Pharaoh, from the power of slavery, from the time 
of hardship that Israel suffered, God sent Moses to deliver them out of the hand of King Pharaoh. And he fulfilled what he has promised to their forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. He said that God will raise them up to be a great nation. And so God intention, listen, God intention for raising up Israel for a very simple reason, that God wants to raise a nation of prophets, of priests, and of missionaries. Why missionaries? Simply because God wants Israel to be a voice to the nations of the world. But you read in the story, Israel has not been very faithful to what God has put upon the nation of Israel. But yet God also spoke in times past that from them, God will raise up a Messiah, God will raise up a Savior, God will raise up a Redeemer. And you know who that person is, right? His name is Jesus Christ. In that same parallel story, this morning I want to present to you that God, as much as He has raised up Israel to be His very own people, God is raising you up to be His very own people. Now you miss a good amen there. Alright, you got to talk to me so I can engage together with you. If not, I will walk down the aisles up and down and tap you on your shoulder. Alright. So God has raised us up to be a people set apart unto Him. For a very simple reason, as much as God has delivered Israel out of the land of slavery, God has also delivered us out of a life of slavery. We were once living in darkness. I do not know about you, but I was once living in gross darkness. Okay, Sinful life, a life of total separation from God, a life where I don't even have any fear of God coming upon me. But praise be to God, God purchased you and I with the precious blood of His Son. So in other words, you and I, we belong to God by redemption. A good amen there. Alright, and you and I belong to God by creation because God made you. But at one time, you were running away from Him and God in His fullness of His time, in His love and kindness took you to Himself and now you belong to Him by creation and you belong to Him by redemption, all because He shed the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, to redeem you to Himself, that now you belong to Him. That's a good amen there. Alright, you and I, we belong to Him. And because we belong to Him, therefore we are now set apart unto God. You actually are set apart unto God. God Himself actually has set Himself apart to be your God. As you believe in Him, as you walk in His way, as you, as you take on to what He has for you, you belong to God. You are set apart to what God has called you. Each one of you are precious in the eyes of God. So the question I ask myself, what actually distinguishes us as a people set apart unto God? There are a couple of things I want to leave this morning with you, and I trust that you will just grab up of those things and I know some of those things may be very fundamental very simple but it is the, in the simplicity of the truth of the Word of God that transform our life only if you and I apply what God actually has for each one of us the first thing I can think of is that what distinguish me and you as the people set apart unto God is that we are God's children we are chosen by God the word chosen is so significant. It's like, in the midst of all the people on the face of this earth, God spoke to Israel, I have chosen you. 
And the reason why I have chosen Israel is because I love Israel. And because I have promised your forefathers that I will raise up a great nation. So the underlying reason why God chose Israel was because of His love for Israel. The underlying reason why God chose you and me to be His people set apart is because He loves us. Period. Regardless of the things that you have done, today you are here as a people set apart unto God. It doesn't matter if your parent did not choose you as your favorite son, but you are God's favorite son. It doesn't matter if your teacher did not choose you as his favorite student, but you are God's favorite student because God has chosen you. For a very simple reason, because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for you and for me. The Bible says God demonstrated His love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 13, it says, as many as receive Him, He gave them the power to become what? Children of God. Not by human decision. Listen, it's not by human decision that you are here. I trust that your parents didn't squeeze your ear to bring you to church this morning. All right? Listen, it's not by human decision that God has chosen you. God chose you because He loves you. It's not because you wake up one morning and say, you know what, I just want to become a Christian. Some of you may think of that way, but long before you even had that thought, God has already chosen you to be His people set apart unto you. But the beautiful thing about when God chose you is this. Listen, He placed a premium on each one of you here. In other words, every one of you is valuable, priceless in the eyes of God. Look at what God spoke to the nation of Israel. He says, I have chosen you out of all the people of the face of this earth to be His people, His treasure possession. In other words, in God's wallet, that is your picture. Each time you open up His wallet, He sees your face there. The Bible said the number of thoughts that He has for you and I outnumber the grains of sand on the face of this earth. That shows you how important you and I are in the sight of God. We are a chosen people. Can I hear amen? Four times in the book of Deuteronomy, God used the word, I have chosen you to be my people. And this is just one of instance in the book of Deuteronomy 7 verse 6. God has chosen Israel to be His people. And likewise, God has chosen you and I to be His people. We are precious in the eyes of God. And because you are precious in the eyes of God, because you are a chosen people, listen, therefore it brings you to my next point. As a chosen people, as a people set apart by God, you got to live your life according to the Word of God. You are a people that obeys the Word of God. Can I hear amen? Why the Word of God? Simply because of this. Because the Word of God, listen, the Word of God is a plumb line that you must always apply in every situation of your life. You know what's the plumb line? Let me give an example. You take a bottle of water, tie a string around it, suspend it from the air and it drops down vertically straight. Whatever that God has for you, whatever that you're doing in your life, you're going to take the Word of God like a plumb line and measure it and say, is this exactly what God says in His Word? Is this how I should behave my life? Is this how I should measure the way I behave in front of my friends, in front of my colleagues, in front of my boss? The Word of God has got to be your plumb line. I remember one time when I was working as a land surveyor. I, I was working in a Japanese company. 
the, the, the culture of the company is that it's work. Work becomes the number one thing in a Japanese uh, uh, company that I work with. You know, they're always there very early in the morning and they always leave late, like about 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know. And I don't know why they work so late when it's so less productive at night, actually. So um, I, I enjoy my job as a land surveyor. I was given a piece of drawing. There was these drawings here, you know, that shows the different locations of that boundary. And in that boundary, there's this huge building that will come up in two years' time. And I love that kind of job. It's big boys, um, Legoland, actually, you know. And, and um, I, I do bridges, tunnels, and earth dams, and buildings, and skyscrapers. And um, one day my boss says, you know, um, he kind of wrote a memo to all the staff. Because of the constraint of the time, we have to finish the project. And so every staff has to work over time. And every staff has to work on a Sunday. I say, it cannot be. La. How can I work Sunday? I'm a child of God, you know. And so I took it to the Lord in prayer. I says, God, my life is all about you. The job that I have is just a means of me fulfilling what you have for me. You placed me in a company for a reason. And so I, I realized that my time in the company was not so much as to earn a living, but to establish what God placed me in the company. I used my influence in the company to tell about Jesus. Each time we have a crusade, I will invite them over. Uh, you know, I get the fly, put them on the table. They know that this guy, uh, holy man, Andrew, is going to come, you know. And so all these things, they talk about me. But deep in my heart, my whole desire was to honor the Lord. And so I says, God, I'm willing to even give up the job if I have to work extra overtime and even have to work on a Sunday. I was that serious because to me, the principle I have for the Sabbath is every Sabbath belongs to the Lord. And I was very involved in my ministry. At night, I was leading cell groups. I was going for prayer meetings. I was doing meetings here and that. And so I felt that my time that I have in the eight hours that my job description tells me that was my working hours, eight working hours. Beyond that is overtime. I'm not getting paid for overtime. It's not the reason, but because I have a conviction in my heart that my life belongs to God. And so I went to meet up with my project manager. I said, can I have an appointment with you? And so here we are in the room, and here he was taking out his pack of cigarettes. I mean, he smokes like nobody business, you know, and I hate smoke. Seriously, I just hate people smoking. I couldn't tolerate, but it was, I was in his room and he was there. And so I did the wisest thing. You know, I asked him the first question. I said, uh, I think his name is Mr. Kambayashi. I said, Mr. Kambayashi, are you happy in my job? Quite a daring question I asked him actually. And it took a while to, to say yes because he knew that he was very satisfied in my job. In the eight hours of my working time, I gave 110% of my life to serve the company that God has put me in. And I told him the thing and asked him a few questions and I asked him this question. I says, if you want me to work on a Sunday and if you want me to work over time, I'm going to tell you this. My first priority is my God that I worship. My second priority is my family and my church together. All right? And my third priority is my friends. The last priority in my life is the company. And he was shocked. Seriously, because for Japanese, that is like no-no, okay? But I, I knew in my heart, the Word of God is what I'm going to hang on to because I'm going to honor God regardless of the consequences. And I told him, if you insist that I have to work overtime and on a Sunday, I'm prepared to resign 
And I'm serious about that. I'm not threatening you. I'm telling you these are my priority. God first, the church and family second, friends third, and the company is fourth. And there was silence in the room for a season, for a time. And then he made this wonderful, remarkable, miraculous answer. Okay, you, you don't have to work overtime. You don't have to work on a Sunday. I was so happy, you know. I walk out of the room, my colleagues look at me, why are you smiling? Well, you know, later on, I was the only one in the company that don't have to work overtime and don't have to even work on a Sunday. Why? Because I am a chosen vessel of God. I have God on my side. I honor the Lord. I take the Word of God as my plumb line and measure every activity, every decision that I make and says, God, is this what your Word is saying? Then I will do it. But if it contradicts your Word, if it violates the principles of your Word, God, I will not take it because it violates you, it violates you, and it brings dishonor to your name. Very interestingly, if you go back to the book of Ezra, chapter 9, when I, I was trying to finish the Bible in 90 days. Could you believe that? The entire Bible. I, I tried, but I failed because it's like, ah! You know, sometimes you're so uh, geared towards trying to finish the whole Bible in 90 days, you get a whole glimpse of the Bible one more time again. I came to the book of Ezra and I was appalled as much as Ezra was appalled. The Bible says Ezra discovered, okay, listen. Ezra discovered that the nation of Israel after they came back from captivity, a bunch of them were marrying other women. Okay, they took the women of the other nation, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the, 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 the whatever termites they have, you know, and, and, and took them as their wives and give their, their daughters as, as marriage to the sons. And when Ezra heard about that, listen, the Bible says he was so appalled that he tore his robe, he pulled his hair from his head and pulled his beard. Now you know why I don't have any beard, okay? You know, he, he was so appalled. The Bible says he was so speechless. He sat down in the presence of God in the position until evening. And I can understand. Why? Because as far as Ezra is concerned, it, this was what has brought Israel into captivity. They disobeyed God. They violated the Word of God. They took the Word of God and totally disregard what God actually told them regarding not giving the children to marry the other races. Sometimes we try to rationalize God, the boyfriend that I have, the girlfriend that I have, God, I know they're not Christian, but God, you know what? I'm going to bring them to church and in due season, they will get saved and I trust God. The ones that get saved, we will say, I do and I do and I do and we exchange our rings. Sometimes we try to play God. We try to rationalize the Word of God. We try to put some of our interpretation in the Word of God to make it suit us. But in the case of Ezra, he realized that the people of God had been trying to do that and which was why he was so appalled. The question that I have to ask myself, the question that you would have asked yourself this morning as you apply this to yourself this morning, what situation are you in this morning? What decisions are you about to make today? Or what decisions that you will be making in the next couple of few days? The question that you have to ask is, can you measure that decision with what the Word of God has to say? I have to counsel three 
people at three different times who went into business venture and I told her, why did you not consult the leadership of the church? And they think because of the business experiences, they know how to make decisions. And I came to the conclusion because they did not listen to what the Bible says. In other words, when they make a business venture, they're based on what the experience tell them rather than what the Word of God tells them, which says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, even in business dealings. And guess what? Well, you know, Pastor, he's my best friend. We've been friends for 25 years. We know each other. I said, you never know each other until money comes into the picture because money divides between whether you know your friends or you don't know. And true enough, three of them went bust. It's a sad thing. And I keep asking, why didn't you ask? Simply because the Word of God was not a plumb line. I stumbled upon these scriptures while I was doing devotion in my family. And Psalms 147 is so, it, it kind of captured my heart for this very point that I want to drive home very strongly to all of us here. This church is a strong church that based on the Word of God and I want to re-emphasize this as a very important thing. Just because we have the Word of God doesn't mean that we know the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying? Just because you know the Bible from the front to the back doesn't mean you know the whole counsel of God until you apply the Word of God. But what separates us from a people set apart by God is this. Listen carefully. In Psalms 147, okay, verse 19 and verse 20, if you can... Have your Bible, your iPad, your smartphone. Please don't play Angry Bird while I preach. Okay, Psalms 147, verse 19 and verse 20. It says, He has revealed His word to Jacob, His laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know His laws. Listen, church, listen. The reason why we are a set-apart people is this, because God has revealed His word to us. And you will only know that you are a set-apart generation when you obey the Word of God. See, God doesn't reveal His Word to people outside who do not know Jesus Christ. God purchased you to Himself. Can I hear amen? Alright, now God put His Spirit inside of you as a seal to guarantee that you belong to Him. Can I hear amen? Now the Spirit of truth comes and teaches you the Word of God. He reveals the Word of God to you. So now that you know the Word of God, it is important that once you and I know the Word of God, that we apply what we know, then we are a people set apart unto God. What will distinguish you and I from the people of the world is this. We have the Word of God made known to us by God, and therefore we live out what God tells us. That causes us to be set apart, separated unto the Lord. And that's why the world may not understand why you do what you do. They may not understand why you are so passionate with God, why you are so God-driven in your decisions, why you are so God-consumed in every decision that you make. Because the world doesn't know. Because God never revealed that to them. But God has revealed that to you and to me. So we are a people set apart 
unto God. That distinguished us. That make us different. Not by the color of our hair or by the way we dress, but by the principles that we live in. We don't go by what the world tells us. We take the Word of God as the plumber every time, every place, every decision. Even getting married, even buying a house, even moving to a place. You've got to ask God, God, do you want me to be in this place? There are people who move from job to job for the sake of experiences. What if God says no? What if God says stay but because I have someone three years down the road that I want to lead to the Lord and I want you to be the instrument. But you're saying, God, this job sucks. It doesn't pay as much. I work. It doesn't give you a lot of benefits. It's not about yourself, church. It's about you, a people set apart by God where the Word of God becomes your dominant uh, standard of rule. We live in a world where knowledge abounds. Everywhere you can take your smartphone right now and Google. You got all the information at your fingertips. But the Word of God is a famine in many of our lives. What does it mean? It means that we have not applied the Word of God. That's why Israel went into captivity. Israel went into captivity because Israel know the Word of God, but they did not apply. They rejected the prophetic voice that God has sent through His servants. I want you to catch the heart of God this morning. He's a jealous God. He's a loving God, but He's a jealous God. He's jealous for His people. He's jealous for this church. He's jealous for this congregation. He wants to make this congregation and envy to the community. People look at you and say, what's wrong with this bunch of people in PBBH? I mean, they're like, they're, they're so unique. They come to church, they smile, they go through storms of fire, but they're never even giving up hope. There's always such a, a calmness. There's always such a confidence. There's always such a, a, a forward looking in their life. They're never bogged down by situations, but they're always standing strong. It's because you and I are set apart people. Can I hear amen? Alright, we are a people set apart unto God. We obey the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. The third thing that distinguished us from a people set apart by God is that we are a blessed people. And this, everybody can say a big amen. Oh, that was pretty soft. Come on. Did you have your McDonald's this morning? Alright. So much good food out there in Singapore. But you know what? The book of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 34, uh, verse 13 and verse 14 says this. He says, He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine and oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of the flocks in the land that He swore to your forefathers to give you. Verse 14, you will be blessed more than any other people. That is not just like, you know, you know, a church, um, it's like God says, you know, when he wakes up one morning, he says, you know what, I think I just want to bless the people in PPBH. No. You are a people set apart by God and in you being set apart by God, part of that is that you are a blessed people. You are indeed a blessed people. Seriously. You may not own 10 accounts in the bank or you may have very little in the bank or you may have a lot in your bank. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that you are blessed. You're blessed not because you have money. You're blessed because of the fact that the Spirit of God 
is inside of you and you are blessed because your sins are forgiven. I think we deserve a good amen on that. All right, come on, let's give a lot of clap offering and just thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we are blessed because of the blood of Jesus. This morning, when you partake communion, what goes on in your mind? What goes on in my mind is that, God, I'm so thankful that my sins are forgiven, that I belong to you. And because I belong to you, God, this is my commitment. Each time when I partake communion, it reminds me of my commitment towards what God actually wanted me to do. In fact, you know, obeying the Word of God, let me go back to, to my second point. Obeying the Word of God is my part of fulfilling the covenant that God actually has between Him and myself. Do you know that? God has made a covenant with us, right? He given us His Word. He keeps His part of the covenant. You and I, we keep the part of our covenant when we obey the Word of God. So when you obey the Word of God, listen friends, when you and I obey the Word of God, the blessings will overtake us. Hello? Alright, the blessings of God will overtake us. We all love to be blessed. You know, I, I got people that come to me, Pastor, could you please pray for me? That God will bless me, you know. And I say, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you, but in what area, you know? He says, you know, uh, Pastor, you know, I, I, I was wanting God to bless me in my job. I said, okay, have you been faithful in your job? You know, I asked a question. Have you been reporting on time? You know, have you been like, really been honest with your job? Like, you know, you, you, you don't just go to office and use your computer and go on Facebook, on, on, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, email your friends when you're supposed to do your work. And that's, that's stealing. That's, that's not right, okay? And sometimes we, we, we try to get blessings from God, but we never do what God wants us to do. How can God give us what He has promised us if we are not a people that set apart to obey His Word? But when you and I obey His Word, the Bible says we will be blessed. The Bible says that here, okay? You will be blessed more than any other people. None of your men or women will be childless, nor any of your livestock without young. Okay, the Lord will keep you free from every disease. He will not inflict on you the horrible disease you knew in Egypt. And God reminds Israel. He says, Israel, my people, for as long as you walk in obedience to my word, I will bless you. All right? I will bless you. You look at the way how God blessed Israel when he took them out of Egypt. Phenomenal, phenomenal, miraculous hand of God that God has upon Israel. For 40 years, their, 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 their feet were not swollen while they walked in the desert. Their shoes did not wear out. You talk about Bata Company. The Bata Company will come and have the clothes, you know. Uh, really, I mean, all those hush puppy companies will have the clothes because the shoes don't wear out. 40 years in the desert. Could you imagine that? The clothes did not wear out because God preserved them. And, and, and when the day was hot, God caused a pillow of cloud to come and shade them. And at night when it was cold, God caused a pillow of fire to come and bring warm upon them. God protected them. God granted victory against the Amalekites, against the Amorites, against the king of Ark of uh, Bashan. You know, He just came and protected because they belong to Him. And friend, because you belong to God, God will protect you. God is here to bless you this morning. Can I hear amen? Alright, we are a blessed people. So don't walk around and say, well, I'm not blessed. You are blessed. Even if you have lost everything, you have not lost a salvation and that even is much better. Right? Seriously. Your house may be grazed down with fire. Your car may be stolen. Your bank account robbed by someone inside the bank. I hope it doesn't happen. You know, but seriously, if all things are taken away, 
even if you're like Job, remember that God Himself is still God, that He blesses His people. You are a people set apart unto God. It's okay even if your boss bypass you for promotion. Seriously. Seriously. Even if you've been crying to God for a pay increment, it doesn't happen for the last two years. It's okay. Really, it's okay because the days will come and God will honor you. God will reward you. It's just a matter of you standing on to the Word of God. Hello? Is you standing on the Word of God. If you do what is right in the eyes of God, you will be blessed. As set apart people, not only is the people chosen by God, not only is the people that obeys the Word of God, not only is the people that are blessed of God, but listen, a set apart people is the people who always live in victory. Alright? Say victory. Okay? We are people that live in victory for a very simple reason. Listen, it's because God is on our side. You've got to believe this. Okay? Some of you think that God is against you. Listen, God is never against His people that He has called to Himself. Unless you purposely, intentionally, blatantly, wickedly come against Him and, and, and renounce Him and, and, and blaspheme His name. But I don't think any one of you qualify in that c- category of people. I believe you are a people that God has called to Himself. And because you are set apart unto God, you can live in victory. What situations are you facing today? Isn't God big enough to bring you that victory, the God that caused the Red Sea to open, the God that caused the super miraculous to happen in the desert for the nation of Israel. What about yourself? Have God been on your side lately? Only some of you. Alright? Has God been on your side? God has always been on your side. The book of Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we come to a situation where we feel like God, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just, don't know what to do, God. Everywhere I turn, I hit against the wall. God, are you against me? Look, God is not against you. Perhaps God is trying to nudge you to something else that you don't like to do. And that's why you are trying to run away from God. Be careful because you will be swallowed by huge fish later on. What I'm talking about? Alright, living a life of victory, okay, Living a life of victory is an inheritance that God has given to the people of God. We live a life of victory, a life of victory constantly. Though we fall down, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he falls down, he shall not be cast away, for the Lord will uphold him with his right hand. What he actually means is this. You, can, you and I can always look forward to a life of victory. Don't mean you fall down a thousand times. A thousand times God will raise us up again because you and I are a people set apart unto God. Amen? Amen. A life of victory is a very interesting life. Seriously, because um, we, we think of victory as like, you know, uh, someone conquering Mount Everest, you know. You don't have to conquer Mount Everest to be victorious. You know what? When temptation comes knocking on your heart, okay, that's when you call upon the name of the Lord. 
when you are tempted, okay, to watch that Cantonese serial on television, and then the Spirit of God says, Pastor Kok Fai, it's time to pray. I'm just, I'm just using the illustration, okay? I mean, this guy is godly, okay? Alright? Then he says, yes, Lord. So he just throw away the remote control. So it's gone for two weeks, okay? And then he goes to the room and pray. That is victory, friends. You don't need big things. You need small things. These are the small moments that I believe God is telling us you can have victory over. And that is our inheritance. A people set apart unto God. The last point I'll leave with you. There are a couple of things, but I just want to just close with this last point. Um, we talk about one who is chosen by God. We talk about one that obeys the word of God. We talk about one that actually, you know, is blessed of God. We talk about one that lives in victory. What about this one that, that really grabbed my heart? Is one that's loyal to God. Okay. God is calling us not to worship any other gods except Himself. So God is demanding loyalty from your heart and my heart towards God. Loyalty, I find, in my years of ministry, is many times it comes to a place where we get so stagnant in our loyalty towards God. What it actually means is this, okay? We were passionate with God at one time, but our passion diminishes as we go along. And we come to a place where we say, well, I know the Bible. Well, I know what you're saying, Pastor. Well, I know what you're going to counsel me, Pastor. It's not about whether you know. It's that fervency. This loyalty is what God is demanding from you and I. A loyalty that is not shaken, that is not adulterated, that is not compromised, but a loyalty that will do anything not for ourselves, but for God. Let me give an example in the Old Testament. I love this example because it's so fresh, okay? The book of Numbers 25 talks about the story of how the nation of Israel, they actually committed adultery with the Moabite woman. And in the midst of committing adultery, they also adopted the, their idolatrous lifestyle. So while Moses was addressing to this huge congregation, and here was one of the sons of Israel, went and took a woman that's not of their own race, went in with her into his tent and have sex with this woman right in front of while Moses was telling them, do not do this thing. And the Bible says, Phinehas, one of the sons of Aaron came, took a spear, went straight into the tent, took the spear and pierced right through the both of them. And because of what he has done, God commanded Phinehas, okay? You turn with me to the book of Exodus, sorry, Numbers 25. And look at the thing that God spoke about Phinehas. He says here, Numbers 25, verse 10, And the Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest has turned my anger away from the Israelites. For he was as zealous as I am for my honor. Listen, he was as zealous as I am for my honor among them, so that in my zeal I did not put an end to them. I ask myself this question. I says, God, have my zeal for your honor diminished? And there were times, I must confess, it does diminished. But a people set apart unto God. The zeal for the honor of God 
will never diminish. It will grow brighter and brighter and brighter. The loyalty of our hearts towards the things of God, the loyalty of a commitment, the loyalty of our following God will keep on increasing. If you have been serving God for the last 10 years, I pray to God for the next 10, 20 years, it will be much better than the last 10 years. You missed a good amen there. All right. I, I, I couldn't imagine when someone comes to me and says, Pastor, you know, I've served the Lord for the last 15 years. It's time for me to retire and let the next generation take over. Since when did the Bible say, Thou shalt retire? We come up with this own set of rules and regulations as we relate to God. A people set apart unto God. Listen, a separate people is governed by the Word of God where the all-consuming fire of the Spirit of God takes hold of them and they will run and run with God until they see Him face to face. Loyal to God. We're not giving to any situations that will cause them to compromise in their devotion towards God. Are you a people set apart to God this morning? Am I a people? Is God calling us one more time to a place where He says, God, yes, I have failed in certain areas. I see myself blessed, but I tend to complain. When you tend to complain and compare yourself with your neighbors, then you see yourself as not blessed. In other words, you are actually doubting the Word of God, what it says about you. Right? Maybe the decision in your life that you just make your own. You never consult God. You never take the Word of God as your plumb line. And you've forgotten that you're a chosen people. Your lifestyle, when you join with the rest of your clique, there's no difference. Is that what God has called you to become? What about a life of victory? Has victory been always fresh in our life? Or are we living from one defeat after another defeat? Or we allow the enemy to bring condemnation and guilt upon our life because of certain failures? Friends, let me tell you this morning. Listen. The enemy can come. He can come and do whatever he wants. Sometimes he succeeded to get us to sin against God. And I pray to God that we will arise from that occasion and remind ourselves if God is for us, who can be against us? And therefore, God, today I bow my knees before you, God, and I seek you for the time of victory that you promise in your word. I'd like all of us to stand this morning. I'm going to invite the musicians to come back this morning. I'm going to ask them to sing this song, and I believe they prepared themselves. The song, Alabaster Jar. And I know God has spoken to some of you here this morning. And, 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 and as they lead in this song, I know who will be this worship leader, but come help me with this song, you know. I want you to open your heart to the Lord this morning. God has spoken to you in certain ways. Sometimes it's not in the words that I speak to you, but sometimes in the midst of saying some things, God just drops something in your heart and you know that is what you're supposed to do. I want you to respond to God, okay. And this is what I want you to do, okay. This is what I want you to do. When you respond to God, you can respond at, the, at your place, wherever you are. But I want you to take a step of faith, okay? I want you to take a step of commitment. It's about setting yourself apart unto God. Which means you've got to move out from where you are. A person set apart unto God doesn't stay in the, in the place of comfort. It comes out from a place of comfort to a place where God wants them to be. It's a place of commitment. It's a place where God has defined for us. It's a place where He lays down what He has for us. A people set apart by God.
And as my dear brother here leads it in song, I need you to come from where you are. Come to the front. I'm going to pray together with you because I also need to be a part of this wonderful congregation that God wants to set apart for His purpose. Hallelujah. Let's sing this song together. Thank you, Jesus. This alabaster jar is all I have of worth. I break it at your feet, O Lord, it's less than you deserve. Far more beautiful, more precious than the oil. Some of my desires and the fullness of my joy. You shed your blood, I give my heart as an offering to my King. Here I am, take me as an offering. God has spoken to you, you're responding to us, God. Worthy is the 
today, make it today. You might have to stay here for a while more, but I'll just close in prayer and those who need to leave can leave then. Oh Lord, we are thankful to you that we are chosen, we are set apart, we are blessed, we are given victory in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And I pray for everyone here, Lord, as we part from, depart from here, God, that this will be what we carry in our hearts based on nothing else but the love of God and the Word of God, a promise that stays true for all eternity. And God, let us walk out of here with that assurance in our heart and let us walk out of here to be a blessing to the nations. Lord, would you bless your people now with the love of God, with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, with the grace of the Lord Jesus go with each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.